We want to say howdy to a lot of our cowboy church folks this morning in Texas, Arizona, Florida. We have a multi-campus church this morning. Our people are, have headed out of this cold weather and gone south. Then we say hi to you and many of you that have stayed home this morning out of wisdom. We appreciate yeah, for staying home this morning to, to, to stay out of the bad weather and the, the bad diseases. We want to speak hi to you, to speak a high word to you as well. This morning I'm going to preach a sermon that's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain this. It's more like I'm talking to my family. Um, it's like I'm, these are, you're my friends and there's some things I want you to know. And that's why I want you to think and hear this sermon today. Uh, it's, it's very important. It's a dark subject. It's not pleasant to preach. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, I hate it, but I've got to talk to you about these things. And so you're my family and I want you to know this, have this information. Let me start by saying whenever, uh, my brothers and I were in cattle business together, we, uh, we had a cattle company and uh, we had black Angus cows. And the bad thing was everybody around us had black Angus cows. And believe it or not, they'll get out once in a while. You farmers know what I'm talking about. Bulls will want to fight through the fence and they will get out. So we decided it would probably be pretty good if we marked our cows so that our cattle so that we could tell them from the neighbors. So we got a brand. We registered a brand. We had this wonderful brand and we used it a time or two and it looked more like a scar than a brand. It was bad. Anyway, so we, we quit the branding and we went to ear tags. And so we have our own ear tag colors, and the neighbors had a different one, and we could tell them that way. Um, <clears throat> I remember when I was young, my granddad had pigs, and he would mark his pigs by notching their ears. Anybody ever done that? Ever seen that done? They would notch their ears so they could tell pigs from other pigs. And so they a way to identify. And it's interesting, this idea of identification, because like it or not, you and I are bearing identifiable marks. People can look at our lives and can see our marks, our ear tags, our ear notches. They know what team we're on by attitude, by lifestyle choices, by character traits, etc. So like it or not, you're marked either to be with the Lord on his team or not. So that's something you need to be aware of today. In John chapter 13, um, that's not my text for sermon, but I want to go here for just a little bit. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, <clears throat> so you must also love one another. And get this now. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. That's your earmark, your ear tag, your brand. If you love people, if you love one another, you, that's how you're marked as a child of God. <clears throat> Today, we're going to look at the ultimate mark, the end-time mark, the mark of the beast is where we're going to be today, the M-O-T-B, the mark of the beast. We're going to be looking at that. Many people have asked me questions for the past couple of years. More so, as time goes by, the questions are, what will the mark be? What will it be? Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. We're, we're everybody's still trying to figure that out, but what will it be? We, we're not, not sure. How will it be applied? Well, we know there's RIFD tag, you know, little things you can put under the skin. 
or, or whatever, memorize whatever. You can have a, a mark applied, but we don't know how it's going to be applied. Maybe it's a tattoo. Maybe it's, I don't know, the vaccine. I don't know. But I know this, it's irrevocable. It's irrevocable. Once you take the mark of the beast, you can't untake the mark of the beast. You understand? Okay, so it's, it's irrevocable. Uh, it will, be, will it be required or can you refuse it? The answer is yes and no. It will be required as we get down to that point in time. The mark of the beast will be a requirement. That is, if you want to eat or if you want to go somewhere or you want to buy gas for your car or heat your house, it will be required that you have this identifying mark of the beast at that time. Uh, what will happen if people refuse it? Well, you're going to get pretty hungry. You may get cold. Uh, you may be shunned from society. You may um, not be allowed to go to a ball game or an event of any kind, a music event, or a church. You may be able. You must. You won't be able to do anything because you'll be excluded from society if you refuse the mark of the beast. Will it be visible, or can I hide it? And the answer is, it will be visible, and no, you can't hide it. it, it you can't be a, a, a closet Christian or a closet follower of, of the devil. You, know, you, you can't do that. It will be very visible. Everybody will know it. Now, the big picture is where I want to take you today, because if you know where things are going, and I've said this recently a few times, but I want to nail it today. If you know where culture, society is trending, you can see the directions it's going. You can see the trails, the rivers, as they're flowing into the bigger lakes. You can see where things are going when you, if you know where it is going. Now, let me ask you a question. This is an extremely difficult question. I don't want you to answer it quickly. It's a, I don't even want you to answer it publicly. Just want you to think about it. Do you believe the Bible? Now, do you believe the Bible is literal? Do you believe it is uh, uh, absolute? Do you believe it is, uh, is it without error? Is it infallible? What do you believe about the Bible? Now, I know, Cowboy Church people, if you stayed with me all these years, I know what you believe, because if you believe differently, you would have left a long time ago and gone to other churches that didn't, weren't so literal. But I believe the Bible is literally the Word of God. I believe it is absolute. I think it's uh, everything we need to know is here. It's God's Word to us, and I believe it just like it's written. So if you do believe that, and I think you do, and if you don't, uh, you're going to have trouble with this sermon today. But if you do, uh, uh, you're going to be able to have insight today into what's coming so that you can prepare better. You can get better prepared to face the future as it's coming. For instance, if you know where you're headed, it makes it easier to know what to take with you or how to... uh, to prepare oneself for a trip or a journey. You know, I, I've said already this morning two times, if you're going to go bear hunting, you don't take a fishing rod. You with me? I mean, duh. You take a big old gun, the biggest one you can get, and two or three other people to go with you, <laughs> just in case you miss. <clears throat> so if you can see what Revelation says and how it describes culture and society, etc., then it's, if you can do that, and today I hope to help you a little bit, you're going, it's not difficult to see how current events are moving us toward that final big picture. Once you see where we're going, you can say, oh, there's a thread. Oh, there's another thread that it's going together in the right direction. 
<clears throat> First of all, it's going to, the big picture is we're going toward a one-world government. And if you can see that and get that un- an understanding, that's biblical. And we'll talk about it when we get down to Revelation 13, so we're going to preach from today. Revelation 13. You see, our founding fathers got together and gave us a, a nation of the people, for the people, and by the people. They gave us a constitution. They gave us a government that is people-led. We, we are the government. We have people who go to Washington, D.C. and represent us, but we are the government. Or at least that's the way they set it up. Sadly, that's not the case any longer. Uh, it is f- officially that way, but practically it's not that way at all. You see, today our government is, has more interest in taking care of big banks, multinational corporations, the military-industrial complex, and those sorts of things than it does about of the people, for the people, and by the people. We are not, at this time, the government our four founding forefathers set up. I'm pretty sure it was Benjamin Franklin was walking from Congress one day, and a lady stopped and said, what are you guys doing up there? And he said to her, ma'am, we're forming you a democracy if you can keep it. If you can keep it. It's not easy to, to keep a democracy. It's not easy for one to work. And if, if we let go of it, if we don't keep it, we're going to lose. In fact, I'm afraid we already have lost to a different set of values. Starting with President Woodrow Wilson, some of you American historians have remembered hearing that name. Woodrow Wilson, post-World War I president, set in motion the movement to move from national governance to global governance. He set about by putting together a thing called the League of Nations. And he hoped that the League of Nations would allow the world to come together under one large body and rule and take care of things so that there, now this is important, so that there wouldn't be any have-not nations and so there would be any rich nations. The League of Nations was to level the playing field because they had a philosophy that said it's, it's, the, it's economies that cause war. It's, econ- it's the lack of funds, or the lack of resources, or the lack of money that causes wars. So if everybody's on the same level playing field, there'll be no more war. That's the ideology that's going into the League of Nations, which now under, under federal uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, years later, turned into the United Nations. All right, that's, then that's where we are. And it's the same philosophy, level the playing field around the world so, the, so that if there's everybody on the same plane, there'll be no more wars. Now, quite honestly, it's a failed philosophy. Jesus said himself, the poor you will always have with you. Now, I, I'm glad I was raised in America. I've never gone to bed hungry that I didn't want to. I mean, I've always, I mean, I've had everything I've ever needed. I'm an American. Thank God for it. I'm glad, and I hate it that some nations and some people go to bed hungry at night and they don't have good housing and good clothing. I hate that. I wish it weren't true, but this this is not the way to get this done. In fact, the devil is behind this and has been from the end of World War I. <clears throat> so we have then in, in Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 
he started this thing called the United Nations, or was a part of that, and they formed, to, to get, get this thing going, they formed the International Monetary Fund. This international global mon- money fund was to help poor nations so that they could bring poor nations up to the level, but then where do you suppose they got the money? From the rich nations. So it's a balancing thing. But, but, and it was supposed to end <clears throat> world poverty. Now, let's move on. And I probably have just caused more debate and an argument than I started, but uh, than I've answered. But please let me move on. Now, this is where we're going. There is a new thing the United Nations has adopted in September twenty fifth, twenty fifteen. So it's already been adopted. It's called Agenda twenty thirty. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. You will be hearing more about it. Agenda twenty thirty is a plan uh, again to put in motion or set in place a, a soft one-world government. Not, not hard, rigid, not constitutional, not, you know, it's, but it's a soft one-world government. It will act like a government, but it will not be a government. But it will act like it. In time, as we move forward into the tribulation and as we move in toward the end of time, it will harden up and it will become a, a one-world government, a global government. But in 2030... That's not that far away. Their plan is to have the soft government in place. <clears throat> They're not going to use the word government. You won't hear that word used when we talk about this Agenda 2030. But you will hear buzzwords like needs instead of rights. Right? Today, it's everything's about rights. Well, I have my rights. You have your rights. But you're going to hear less and less. In fact, I think you're already hearing less and less about that. And you're going to hear more about needs and sustainability sustainability. That's going to be a a buzzword of the 2030 agenda. A strong America, a strong church, a strong family stands in the way of Agenda 2030. We're in the way of it. So they're going to have to get us, America, strong families, biblical churches, uh, they're going to have to get us out of the way for Agenda 2030 to take take its place. Have you ever wondered why our borders are porous and open anymore? Have you ever wondered why it's popular to defund police and weaken our, our defenses? Have you ever wondered why medical mandates are issued to weaken economies? you ever wondered why inflation has been allowed to soar at levels un- unheard of in the past 30 or 40 years? You ever wonder why the food shortages and supply chains are current conversation and are current in our world today? You ever wonder why? Have you ever wondered why we abandoned Afghanistan? Have you ever wondered why all that's going on? To weaken America. To cause us to be a secondary nation. To level the playing field. So the world can come, we can all be on one plane and one level. There are many other factors that go into this, and I don't have time to debate and discuss all of them, but America must be weakened before Agenda 2030 can come to power. Where does COVID-19 and vaccinations play into this? I need to tell you, whatever you believe about this, that's your business. Literally, it is your business. I support you if you have shots, if you don't have shots. I mean, it's your call. It's your business. The Bible doesn't say on it. It's not morally right or wrong. It's your business. But what is difficult and what's dangerous is mandating and pass- causing passports, medical passports. 
That is a step in the direction of the mark of the beast. COVID vaccines, not a step in the mark of the beast, in the direction. But mandating the ma- this is. And so we have to be very, very careful. I think we can agree on some things. The COVID-19 is dangerous. People died from it. We can, we can agree on it. We can agree that governments have used it to expand their power and to take our freedoms from us. We can agree on that. We can agree that medical passports are a step in that direction. And then we can agree that we're sick and tired of hearing about COVID-19. Now, the book of Revelation talks about a similar situation where we're going to have to have a mark, a a medical passport, uh, some kind of mark to be able to travel, to buy, to sell, uh, to whatever, to be out in public or to live, really. Uh, Are the COVID vaccines a mark of the beast in the book of Revelation? No, I don't think so. But I think it's a beta test to step in that direction. I think they're testing to see how much we'll put up with, what we do, how how we handle being forced into things. I think it's a step in that direction. Let me say to you as clearly as I know how from the Bible, from God's Word, no one will accept the mark of the beast by mistake. No one will receive the mark of the beast without their permission. No one will be tricked into it. You can't say, ha, 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 you took the mark of the beast. Sorry, sorry. No, you will know what you're doing. It'll be a willful decision. If you take the mark of the beast, you will know it. You won't be tricked into it in any way. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us about the mark, what it is. It just says it's an outward expression of something that's changed in our heart. When we take it, we will have aligned ourselves with the Antichrist. We will say, I'm going to follow him. I'm, I'm going to follow him and, and not Jesus. I'm not going to be a part of the church. I'm going to follow the Antichrist, the beast. As it, We'll talk about that in a moment. <clears throat> now, when a Christian comes to the Lord, one of the first things he wants to do or she wants to do is to be baptized. Why is that? Because they want to have that outward expression of that inward change. I've been changed on the inside, and I want my friends and my family, my neighbors, everybody to know that I, I'm, I'm standing up for Jesus. I'm coming out of the closet. I'm going to be baptized. The mark of the beast is exactly the same thing. It is a mark of the beast. It, it will say to the world, I'm standing up for this new government. I'm standing up for this new governmental leader. I'm standing up no matter what they believe, what they practice, I'm going to stand up with them. But understand, when you take that mark, you have, you have destined yourself to eternity without Christ. You will not be in the Lamb's book of life. You see, nobody can be unbaptized. Have you ever gone to an unbaptismal service? How would you do that? I... I, I, uh, you can't ring. You can't unring a bell, right? You can't unshoot a bullet. I mean, it's gone. <clears throat> a global dictator, this Antichrist, uh, he's going to make everybody take this mark. Now, what's it going to be like? I don't know. Get your guess. Because my tattoo, uh, RFD chip. Uh, we don't know a vaccine. We don't know. It, it, but it won't be concealed. It'll be visible to everybody. It'll be irrevocable. You can't undo it. You can't take it back. Some people have postulated that the uh, mark of the beast will be a DNA, DNA change, that whatever they do will change your genetic nature. You'll, like in the book of, Revela- uh, book of Genesis, remember we talked about that a lot. In the book of Genesis, chapter 6, there is the genetic change there of, of those fallen angels and, and all that Nephilim stuff. Well, something similar to that 
the mark of the beast will cause that to happen to you. You'll be a trans-human being. You won't be a, an Adam 1.0. You'll be a, a, an Adam 2.0. You understand? And Jesus came to die for Adam 1.0. He didn't die on the cross for some transhumanized, different kind of animal that wasn't supposed to be on the earth at all anyway. You with me? We're human beings, Adam's kids, that's what this earth is for, not for some altered thing. That's, so that's different. We don't know, <clears throat> again, the form it will take, uh, but it'll have something to do with the number 666. I don't know what that means. Nobody's for sure. It has, it has something to do with that. You can read about that more and figure. If you, when you figure out that out, let me know, will you? What happens to those who refuse to take the mark of the beast? Well, it's bad what will happen to them. Let me talk about this, how this is going to roll out. We're seeing the beginnings of it now. And I'm not setting dates. Boy, I'd be the last one to ever do that. That's stupid to set dates. But if Agenda 2030 is coming, and the new world government is supposed to be here by then, back that down seven years or whatever, and you can figure out, it's getting close. So halfway through the tribulation, this, this government is going to be rolling out, gaining power uh, halfway the first three and a half years. And then at that point, the Antichrist will step forward. He'll require everyone on earth who wants to live to, to take the beast mark. The mark will have to be given to you. You'll have to take it. Um, and so that happens about three and a half years into the tribulation. And then from then on, as you guys have known, if we read the Bible, it gets worse and worse and worse until Jesus said words like this, unless those days were shortened, no life would remain on the earth. So things would really get bad as we move toward the end of the tribulation, the end of the seven years. I don't believe that the COVID vaccines are the actual mark of the beast. I really don't. Uh, but I believe those passports will impose a social system on the earth that will be, as I said, a beta test or a step toward taking that final mark of the beast. If they can get us, if they can fool us easily at first, you know, then they'll fool us again. And so it's kind of preparing us as we go through time. So just don't, whatever it takes, don't take the mark of the beast. On my laptop computer, the one I work on all the time at home, on my home, on, on the front page of my laptop, I have embedded a note to my grandchildren. This note, uh, when I die and somebody's got my computer, and they're like, oh, wonder what Papa wrote that note about, and they'll pull that note out, and it says, a note to my grandchildren. And on, that, on this document I wrote to my grandkids, I emphasize things that are coming, what they need to do, what they need to not do, but I bear down on the fact, do not take the mark of the beast. No matter what, be ready to die, but don't take the mark of the beast. Life is short, but heaven is forever. Eternity is forever. So live for that, not for this. So that's on my, on my laptop for my kids to find. So medical mandates, I believe, are, and passports are a step in that direction. Now then, let me preach my sermon in closing. That just kind of outline for where I'm going. Here's the sermon. The day of keeping your faith private is over. You will not be able to be a private or closet Christian any longer. Probably not now, but it's going to get much, much worse. You cannot keep it hidden. You're going to have to be overt. You're going to have to come out for 
into the world. You can't be private any longer. Either way, the beast will require his followers to have their mark, his mark, on them. Now, I wish we had another two hours, but I want to start down through Revelation 13 and just hit the high points here. When we read Revelation 13, because we're going to have to go through it so quickly, let me give you some cliff notes for to read it, to know what you're looking for, because it's convoluted apocalyptic language is a little bit hard to understand. It's talking about two beasts. One beast is a government. The first one is a government. The second beast is the, the CEO, the president of that government. All right? Just keep that in your mind, and it'll clear up a lot of, your, of the, con- the confusion. Let's read quickly. Verse chapter 13. The dragon, okay, and we've got, we got all these dragons and beasts and, and things. Don't get lost in all that language. Who is the old dragon? It's the Satan, Lucifer. He's in the Garden of Eden, the snake, okay? So we got a dragon, we got a beast, we got two beasts. One's a government, one's a person. All right, now let's keep reading. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. And with ten crowns on its horns and on each head, a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and mouth of a lion. And on a dragon, the dragon gave the beast his power, his throne, and great authority. And one of the heads died and it rose, whatever. Okay, come back to life. Okay, we're talking about a government. It's coming out of the sea, out of the sea of humanity. Um, multinational corporations. It could be, you know, there are some corporations today that have as much power as nations. Some corporations have, as, if not more power, than nation states. So it could be some of these corporations are part of this last government, which I think they are, will be. It has horns and heads and all that's just talking about the, the, the makeup of this government that's coming. <clears throat> now, let's, let's see what it did. <clears throat> Verse 5, the beast, this government, was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. For three and a half years, this government is given authority to just do what it wants to do. And it's going to say bad things about God, about everybody in heaven. It's going to say bad things about the Jewish people and about the Christians on the earth. Everybody loves the Lord. The, those people are going to be in real trouble. I'm not talking about just the Jewish traditional Jews, but the born-again Messianic Jews that love Jesus is what we're really talking about. They're going to, they're going to be wars going to be waged against them. They're going to be, this government's going to come after them with all of its power. And it's going to come after us, too, with all of its power. Those who love the Lord. Then he closes, it says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Then this terrible government is going to do terrible things to the people of faith. Read verse 10. Uh, captivity, uh, murder, killed, uh, and Jesus said, this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. We're going to have to learn how to endure and how to be patient and suffer for the Lord. Uh, Have you ever heard a preacher stand up and tell you it's time to start suffering for the Lord or be willing to suffer for the Lord? You need to hear it because this may be coming for all of us. We don't know the timing on this. But we do know it's coming. Now, the second bear, let's talk about him now, or the beast, this, this beast that's coming out, the second one, the, the leader. Verse 11, Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns, like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. See the deception? It's going to come out looking like a lamb. Cute little woolly lamb. Oh, he's going to talk so pretty, have great political skills, language going to flow out of him. 
he's going to just seem to be a lamb, but he's not going to be a lamb. He's like a dragon. I've never been around dragons, have you? But I can imagine what they're like. Fire coming out of his mouth. Okay. Verse 12. It exercised all the authority of the first beef, beast and on its behalf and made the earth and all of its inhabitants worship the first beast. And okay. So in other words, he's going to support it. He, verse 13 says he's going to perform signs, great signs. He'll call fire down from heaven. Um, this, he'll be able to do supernatural things, this beast will. I mean, it's crazy stuff. He's going to make a, an image of a beast speak that this beast had, was killed at one time or died and by my sword, and now it's going to come back to life, and who knows what all this means. Our imagination easily can fill this in with modern technology. It's easy to see how some artificially intelligent, robotic, uh, android sort of things, you know, it's easy to figure this out now. Uh, when I was a kid, none of this made sense. But now, oh, yeah, I get that. Artificial intelligence, androids, you know, sure, things can, yeah, okay. Um, let's go to verse 16. This is those that, that refuse to worship the beast. It's, it's a death sentence for those. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark in their right hands and on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Again, who knows what that means? I've heard every theory in the world. It doesn't matter. It has something to do with 666. And so just watch for that. Figure that out as time comes. Just don't take this mark. Then verse 16 says, it calls for wisdom. Just be smart enough to figure it out. Now, the world is pushing for a global government right now. 2030 has been set in place since uh, 2015. And pushing vaccine mandates and passports, the world is paving the way for the mark of the beast, not the vaccines, uh, but the passports. If you're required to have some kind of a chip or something with you to prove you've had these vaccines, that's the step toward the mark of the beast. So, again, whether you've had the shots or not had the shots or you're, you've, you know, you're mad at those that do and mad at those that don't, you know, get over all that because that's not what the real big issue is. That's personal choice, just a matter of choice. But what really is an issue is the passports, and uh, the, the, because that's leading in the right direction. Okay, I'm almost out of time, but let me show you where we fit into time. This is scary. This is scary. Let me show you some things, some prophetic things. Number one, Israel is back in the land. Since 1948, Israel's back in the land. That's one of the main signs the Bible talks about of the end times. Number two, the Jewish people are back in Jerusalem. That is another sign of the end time. Not just in the land, but back in Jerusalem. And you know they're going to put, Trump was wanting to put a, 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 a embassy there in Jerusalem. And, and, well, you get the point, what I'm saying. The gospel is being preached throughout the world. Today, the gospel is going out to the world. Satellites and and, what, and all kinds of different ways, the, the message of Jesus is being spoken around the world today. There is a great falling away and a great apostasy. These are one of the great signs of the end time. And folks, we are experiencing a tremendous falling away from faith today. Church attendance is as low as it's ever been. Denominations are reporting unbelievably down numbers. Many churches are closing their doors. Not many, pre- not many preachers going into the ministry anymore. There's a vacuum in that area. We're just in ex- 
in a great falling away. Ask a, an average millennial what they think. They don't know, first of all. But if they, they say, are you religious? Yeah, I'm kind of religious. But they don't mean like you mean it. But, but they're religious. They're religious about crystals and, and, you know, and all that stuff. I don't have time for this, but you know where I'm going. There's a great falling away and a great apostasy. Number five is great earthquakes. We're entering a time of tremendous uptick in the frequency of, of, of earthquakes. Last night, yesterday... One uh, tsunami warnings went out to the planet wide. Did you know that? From a, a volcano that erupted out in the, in the Pacific, uh, probably one of the largest uh, eruptions in our modern time. And tsunami warnings have gone out everywhere. That's just a part of what's going on in in, in the world today. Um, and now we see the mark of the beast system being rolled out. We're there, and, and I could go on and on and on, but I think I've said enough. You need to be aware. We are near, uh, we are in those last days, and it's coming close. Okay, so what do we do? What do we do? Do we just run out in the woods and, and die? What do we do? No, no, we don't. First of all, repent of your sins. Repent of them. Say, Lord, I've blown it. I'm a sinner. I've failed. I've made bad decisions. I've made bad choices. I ask you to forgive me and come in and, and fix me and, and help me, Lord. First of all, repent. Then open your life to Jesus. Open up. Let him in. Let him have all of you, what you were, what you are, what you will be. Let him have all of you. And then, here's, this, is, this is something very practical. Get as far from the world or the government as you can get and as close to Jesus as you can get. So get away from the system of the world and get as close to Jesus as you can get. And that's extremely important that you do that. If you know the Lord, you've been born again, sins are forgiven, you've been saved, get away from the world in any way possible. Get out of the banking system. Get out of the credit card system. Get out of anything you can get out of and, and uh, get close to the Lord. Learn how to plant a garden, learn, you know, that sort of thing. Get away from the world and get close to Jesus. And then finally, don't love this life more than you love Jesus. One of the things I've, I've told my grandchildren in this letter that I've written them is that they need to be willing and need to be thinking about become, being willing to give up their life instead of taking the mark of the beast. That'd be hard. Oh, my goodness. I can't stand the thoughts of that. But they have to understand that that's... Extremely important. No, because eternity is forever. Life is short. And we're not here for the, at the best, we're not here for the long time, for the long run. But be willing. Don't love this life more than you love Jesus. Be willing to do whatever it takes just to follow the Lord. Today, if you've listened to this, especially the closing uh, points here about being saved and repenting, I want you to pray a prayer like this with me Jesus, I am a sinner. I have no rationalization, no excuses. I'm a sinner. I have been, and I am. And I hate it. I regret it. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me, Lord, and change me? Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And be with me and walk with me through this life. Lord, if you will do that, and then help me to be uh, someone that can stand up against the, the flow of culture, stand against the tide, and stand for Jesus and not be 
in with this world. That's my prayer, Lord, today. And if there's, Lord, that's the prayer I want to be, I want these people to pray. And Father, if, if there's somebody that's prayed it, I pray that they will put feet to their prayer and change their life. Let you change them. Lord, today, thank you for John that wrote down this great text for us to read so we can know where this is going and help us as we prepare for that future. In Christ we pray. Amen.